Hello and welcome to the Applied Innovations Podcast. I am your host, Raphael, and this is your source for manufacturing insights, best practices, and technology. Building quality parts is not an easy task. It often requires several pieces of expensive equipment, multiple quality control stations, and hours of programming and effort. In this episode, we are looking at how CMM measurement has been supplemented with an ecosystem of probes that dramatically improves throughput and reduces human intervention. To discuss these technologies, I spoke to friend of the show, Charles Gallant. As a Renishaw applications engineer and CMM expert, he's returning to the show to further expand on the advantages of CMM probing and the ecosystem that can dramatically impact your production. Charles has been doing hands-on work with these technologies for years, and his insights may help you find the streamlined way to build the process that you've been seeking. I want to thank Renishaw for lending Charles to us for this episode, but also for sponsoring the show. For additional information and videos on any equipment that we covered today, go to renishaw.com or click on the links in the show notes. And now, here's my conversation with CMM engineer and expert, Charles Gallant. Charles, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again, Ralph. I appreciate it. No, no problem. You are the very first person to come onto the show more than once, so congratulations to you. <laughs> and we have you back for good reason. You had a lot to say about the Revo 5-axis inspection system, and I know there's even more to say about it. Apparently, it has a large ecosystem of tools that you can add to it, switch on and off of it, almost like a Lego system that can Absolutely. give you even more power. So <laughs> I, I want to know more about these things. So obviously there are benefits to being able to switch out some of those parts uh, to increase the, the diversity of inspections that you can run. Each of these tools sounds like they will accomplish that. So tell me, what is the benefit of having such a variety of tools? So the benefit you get right off the bat is it eliminates extra stations, extra capital equipment, extra operator interaction and potential for mistakes to happen for all the different steps for the measuring. So in your, your traditional three-axis CMM, you can measure you know circles, planes, different prismatic, non-prismatic features, but when it comes down to, say, a, a gasket seat for an engine, there's going to be a call-out for the surface finish or the roughness of that plane so that the gasket has something to seal in and keep, you know, the oil, the coolant, the, whatever it may be inside that, that chamber. Your traditional CMM isn't going to be able to do that kind of measurement or that kind of inspection, so you would have to do your standard part inspection on the machine, have an operator remove that, take it over to a bench station, and typically their hand gauges to check the surface finish. So that's time. That's an extra station to maintain, extra space on your shop floor. Same with vision systems, same with anything that can't be measured in a traditional way. That's typically another station the part has to be moved to. Having this ecosystem of all these different sensors and all these different abilities on one machine, not only is going to save you the time of taking it from station to station, but the less the parts touched and handled, the less chance you have for it to be dropped, banged around on a cart. Uh, you have less, when the machine's doing the work and you're not doing hand gauges and hand measurement stations, you have less likelihood of an operator to slip or drop a tool that then, you know, is going to cost some potentially thousands of dollars to repair, replace, recalibrate, whatever it may be. So when it's all self-contained, you have, uh, you have a, a litany of benefits to, to choose from on, on why this ecosystem is important. So essentially it starts, what it does, it sounds like, is removes more human intervention and it makes it a little bit more automatic 
on one machine. Absolutely. These machines are DCC. They're, you know, direct computer controlled. There's a, a program that's run off of a standard computer that talks to our controller and drives not only the head, but the three axes of the machine. Um, and then when you're going between all these sensors, all these different components in this ecosystem, there's rack systems that hold them and house them on the machine. So the machine's capable of going and dropping off this contact scanning probe and picking up, uh, say, a camera all on its own without any kind of intervention from the operator. I guess that does make it a little bit safer for everybody and uh, the process itself. Absolutely. I've seen the list of all the different things that you can use on this. So let's start with the RSP2. What is that exactly? Sure. So the RSP2 is the Revo Scanning Probe 2 or 2D. So that's the kind of the, the flagship, the original Probe, probing system for the Revo. Uh, that's what allows it to do the head measurements, the head scanning independent of the machine. So that uses the tip sensing technology we covered last time, the laser that shoots down the hollow carbon fiber tube so we know exactly where that tip is in space. Um, because of the, the bending and the way it works, we're able to make contact with the surface and let the head do a lot of the heavy lifting for the measurements and the inspections we're doing to, to improve time and accuracy of the measurements. Uh, when the head's doing the work, you don't have all of the starting and stopping of the machine. So you've got, uh, the machines float on air bearings. So they float fairly freely. But as we mentioned last time, they're typically made out of granite or some very stable, some very typically heavy uh, substrate that, for the, the different axi components. So even when they're floating on air to start and stop them, you have some sort of momentum to them or some sort of resistance to stop. So when you're starting and stop, you can induce a little bit of bending. You can induce lead and lag on a drive side. When you're moving at a constant speed and letting the very lightweight head whip around with this RSP2 probe, you take out a lot of that extra error you might be inducing into your measurements. Well, okay. And that we clearly don't want any kind of bumps in the road, I guess. Uh, we don't want any interference in the actual data either. Correct. Uh, you know, you, you've got these tolerances on these features. And if the machine's adding extra error to them, because it's doing something you're not expecting, you're not aware of, you wouldn't want to flag a, a part that say between machine time, material and tool costs cost you say $100,000, you wouldn't want to scrap that or throw that away, just because the you're inducing extra error that you weren't planning for. So let's dig into this ecosystem a little bit further here. What else can we add to the Revo? And we're specifically speaking about Revo, right? We're not talking about the other uh, five axes, Renishaw uh, probe heads, correct? Correct. Everything here will be, be specific to the Revo 2 system, the, okay. uh, the, current, the current generation or the current offering. All right. So what other things can we measure with some of these probes then? Sure. So we talked about the RSP2 that was 2D scanning. So the only limitation that one has is it's uh, it's not designed or because of the way the laser works, it, it can't take measurements directly on or can't scan, I should say, directly onto a surface straight on. It needs some sort of approach angle uh, that then enters the RSP3 or the, the Revo Scanning Probe 3D. Uh, this takes the technology that's been used and proven in our SP25 probing systems for for years and been accepted in most manufacturing facilities as kind of the standard scanning probe uh, that allows different reaches, different extensions, um, but you also get the benefit of the infinite positioning of the head. So it, it does remove the ability to do the independent head measurements where you do rely on the three axes of the machine. But when you need something like we call a crank stylus, so you say you have a, a circle or a, a bore, a hole inside a, another bore of a part. So you could have this probe that's, say, 
50, 100, up to, for some of the RSP3 probes, even up to 800 millimeters from the center of head. And you can put a crank on the end that's say 30 or 50 millimeters up. So you have the ability to drive into this large bore, have the machine position up, and then measure this feature or this you know feature that's been cut in the part that normally wouldn't be accessible by your traditional scanning probe. The RSP3 just makes it a little bit more efficient to get into the nooks and crannies, essentially? Correct. You mentioned earlier uh, the surface finish, that you had to measure the surface finish. What, what kind of tools do you have for Revo on that front? So the surface finish offerings we have for the Revo 2 is the SFP2, the Surface Finish Probe 2. This will allow you to capture the not only the raw data of the actual surface roughness and surface finish that can then go through either our built-in tools or even third-party tools to pull out any of the, the surface finish callouts or tolerances that you may have for a surface. What makes the SFP2 special is that it's, uh, it's in the same class as some very, very high-end surface finish benchtop measurements that would require an operator to run and be very hands-on with. As we talked about in the very beginning, when we're hands-off, you have a lot less likelihood for tool breakage, for accidents. And again, like we talked about, the, the downtime of grabbing the part off the CMM, staging it up at a surface finish station, getting it on there and doing the inspection there. The surface finish has a, again, it's a carbon fiber tube, but we have different modules that have different shapes, different lengths, different reaches and configurations to, to get to a, a wide range of different features or different surfaces you may have to come in contact with. Um, the way the surface finish works, there's a small needle that comes out of the tip of the inspection probe and then the CMM drags across that surface. And depending on the finish of that surface, the little needle will bounce up and down where we have different uh, receivers inside that probe that will measure how much it's bouncing up and down, get that raw data that can then be processed later. It sounds almost like a record needle. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Instead of, uh, instead of picking up audio waves or translating it to audio waves, we're just getting how much it's bouncing up and down to figure out the roughness of it. Wow. And, and I'm hoping that it, there aren't going to be a flurry of people looking up what a record needle is now. <laughs> but there are DJs out there. Do they still use that? I don't, I'm sure they're... <laughs> yeah, because I think a lot of DJs are going to be listening to this podcast. So they'll get it. <laughs> It'll be okay. The biggest improvement from the Surface Finish 2 probe from the original predecessor is that we now servo control the what we call the C-axis or the sixth axis of the system. So traditional or because of the way the the needle comes out the c-axis has to be rotated to orient to that surface so that it's true to it um, the original surface finish relied on a what we call the change or a, uh, a position change system in the rack where the Revo would actually drive back to the rack go down rotate itself to position that c-axis where it needed to be and then come back to the measurements while we're still taking away and saving that time of taking the part off and you're you're removing the the operator intervention there was added time because you had to go do those rotations with surface finish 2 we've automated that as well the c-axis is now servo controlled while we're near the part or in the same kind of realm of the part the c-axis can rotate to where it needs to be then the five axes that traditionally work with the Revo position themselves, it comes onto surface and goes. So you're, uh, you're, you're much quicker than even our original offering of an on-machine surface finish inspection. So essentially the tip can turn, uh, well, in a very non-technical way, left and right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Again, I'm not the engineer. I'm just going to say lefty righty. Got it. Okay. That's cool. By doing that, you've actually reduced, like, is that a, a whole different machine that would have done that then? Yeah, that's, it's a benchtop. So surface finish bench top measurement devices 
the, that are in the same kind of measurement class that the surface finish two is in are typically very expensive. Um, and then on top of that, when the operators are handling the inspection components, the tools, the bits and pieces that go with those benchtop units, if you know when and if accidents happen, uh, that can be rather expensive to replace and maintain as well. Uh, with the surface finish two, you take away that you take away a lot of the chance of accidents happening, but at the same time, you're looking at a system that's somewhere in the realm of 25% of the cost of comparable units. So you've reduced the cost, but increased the ability to measure significantly. Absolutely. Speed, wow, that is, measurement ability. Wow, that is fantastic. Wow, that is, I had no idea. That's cool. Revo sounds like the Swiss army knife of um, inspection. It just seems like you can do so much with this thing. You can also do non-contact measurement. Um, we have a probe called the RVP, the Revo Vision Probe. Uh, that's uh, essentially a camera. So we can put a, a camera on the end of the Revo 2. We can come up to a part and just by taking a picture, we can analyze not only whole sizes, but also locations. Uh, this is particularly useful for sheet metal work. Sheet metal is really, really thin. And when you have try and position a scanning head, a touch trigger head, almost any any kind of measurement device in there with the, since the material is so thin, it's going to be really tough to keep that edge on the ball center. Anytime you deviate from the, the ball center of those rubies, you're inducing a little bit of error because it's calibrated to the center and assuming that's the contact point. The camera takes that away. Sometimes you need a little bit of backlight, but in most cases we can drive up and we've got LEDs built into the front to illuminate the surface. And just by telling light and dark, we can find out these sizes, locations, all the standard information that you'd need for the inspection of these holes on these thin surfaces. And it doesn't use a laser necessarily. No. What does it use? Since it's non-contact, it's using light, but how, how does that work if it's not a laser? I, I always assume lasers. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's one of the, uh, one of the, the Revo probes that doesn't rely on a laser. Uh, this is essentially a camera. The part will typically be located with a contact probe, say an RSP2. You could do a surface scan on, you know, uh, a, a defined plane or take touch points with it to say where that that part physically is in space on the machine. Uh, then we can drive to the rack. We'll pick up the camera and come over. And once we get the uh, the feature in focus with the the camera view. We know where the X, Y, and Z of the machine are. We know where the head orientation is for the A and B axis encoders. And because we know where that part is relative to everything, uh, just by taking that picture and knowing where everything was when that picture was taken, we're able to do the analysis and pull out the locations, the circularity, the, the actual diameter of it, uh, all the information that's typically called out or required for these, you know, for example, sheet metal parts. And then the software takes over at that point. The software is doing the heavy lifting on making sense of all of those pictures, essentially, right? Correct. The software is able to take those pictures and, and define light to dark. That's why a backlight's uh, important in some cases, depending on the kind of environment the machine's in. Uh, we're able to put little crosshairs on the light to dark changes and then using different scripts, different algorithms, fit the data to those crosshairs to, to pull out all these all the information you need to look at the conformity. Now we've mentioned a lot of the accessories that you can switch on and off of a standard Revo 2, but tell me a little bit about the, the software that can actually work with all of these devices. Is it different software per device? Is it an add-on, a patch of some kind, or is it just all built in? 
So UCC, the UCC controls we talked about originally are, are the driving force, the, the brain and all the working behind the, the probing system itself. Uh, that's then connected to your standard computer. Well, I say standard for these higher end computers that'll do all these data crunches. You know, your Chromebook isn't going to do it. Right. Standard for a, a quality control room, essentially. Exactly. That'll run a piece of software called UCC Server. That's a, a Renishaw provided software that manages your tool buildups, your rack locations, your calibration data, um, as well as just the main communication portal down to our UCC control from the PC. Renishaw offers a piece of software called Modus that does all of the programming and that has all the algorithms and all the add-ons built into it. So you can do the vision probe, you can do all of the context scanning, surface finish, everything within MODIS, uh, as well as a lot of the, the data analysis. That being said, you're not locked into that offering. There's other, a handful of other softwares out there that have interfaced the Revo, the surface finish, the vision probe, and continue to work on new up and coming probes as well, so that you're not locked into a single software offering either. Okay, so you can do a one-stop shop with this software and apparently the Revo 2 had also one-stop shop with both of those. But if you wanted to, you could use different software if you already had something in-house or something, for example. Exactly, exactly. Okay, I gotcha. So to continue on the theme of non-contact uh, measurement is our latest offering, the RFP, the Revo Fringe Probe. So the Fringe Probe is a measurement device used for looking at surfaces uh, where you can't necessarily effectively probe them with a traditional contact style measurement. Uh, this could be something due to a really rough surface where the ball is going to skip over. It's going to pick up these peaks and valleys and not really be able to, to fit an accurate profile to. Um, to something that's really soft that you wouldn't want to put contact on because it may add wear to the part and actually change that profile, like a, a soft plastic, for example. Um, we've used them in conjunction with some of our additive manufacturing parts where you do get somewhat of a rough surface from the, the, the build, but that's how the part's designed or intended. Uh, and traditional probing systems aren't effective enough where so we can come in and scan this with the fringe probe and pull out these surfaces to make sure they were built to tolerance. The way the fringe probe works is it broadcasts a fringe pattern of light onto a surface and the head does very, very minor movements that are really tough to see by the naked eye but it's enough to disrupt the fringe pattern where the camera that's watching can actually pick that up. So for a, a given feature, we may take 12 images of different angles, different orientations as the head's rotating and positioning itself for that feature. And then on the back end, as we've talked about with the other probes, the, the software does all the heavy lifting and combines all those pictures, crunches the numbers, and you can, you can output or it can spit out a physical profile fitting of the feature it's looking at without ever actually touching the part. With all the different uh, accessories that you've mentioned, I call them accessories because it just seems like the right word. Is there a more <laughs> formal word for this? We could call it all probes, but yeah, accessories work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all part of a big ecosystem. You've got the the big dog uh, Revo, and then it's got all the little things you can keep adding to it. So I think accessories would be fair. Let's go with that. Is there one kind of part that you could use more than one of these at a time? So for example, you set up a program, you just hit go, and it will measure with an RSP2 and then switch out and measure with a surface finish probe 2 or an RVP. Is this something that's normal? Is it something that people usually go for? 
It, it's very normal. And it's one of the, the biggest kind of selling points or biggest positive points for the Revo is that you can automatically change out all of these, these probing systems on one machine. So in the automotive industry, for example, uh, we talked a bit about the, the need for the surface finish measurement on gasket surfaces, uh, possibly the same inside the cylinder bores so that you know you're getting a seal for the, you know, the oil coming up there. But at the same time, you also need to check the location of those bores, the profiles of the different faces that are machined on that surface. So it, it's, it's very common, as a matter of fact, to have this one part go in. It'll start off with the RSP2. It'll do its datums and measure everything that it can effectively do with the RSP2, pick up the RSP3 and grab those last couple features the RSP2 wasn't quite fit for, and then finish off with the surface finish to check those last, uh, or check those, those surfaces for the callouts back to the engineer drawing again and then spit that part out with a full report that covers all of that instead of again moving from you know potentially three different stations for that and having three different sets of paperwork to manage at the end as well you've built a workflow where it's all in one place with little human intervention it's done automatically with the one program yeah absolutely wow that's one heck of a time savings i would assume <laughs> i mean <laughs> wow is there official numbers on how much time this does save the general numbers quoted are somewhere between 15 to 50 percent for inspection when you start adding in the the surface finish and the camera and the fringe probe and things like that you, you may get a, a slight increase as, of the on-machine time compared to what was originally, but you have to take into account all that time in between stations, all the time spent on the other stations and everything. When you take all that into account, there's, a, there's significant time savings to be had by adding these extra probes and a little bit more on-machine time for these parts. Well, thank you very much for talking to us again, Charles. Your, your second appearance on the show. I really appreciate having you on. Always full of information. So I really do appreciate you making the time. I appreciate you having me on here, Raf. No problem. Um, we'll talk to you next time. I'm sure you'll have more to say. Sounds good. We'll talk to you then. And that was my conversation with CMM expert, Charles Gallant. I hope that all the information he shared with us today was of some value to you and your business. Thank you for listening to the show and be sure to subscribe to the feed to catch the latest episode immediately upon release. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at appliedinnovationspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Raphael, and this is the Applied Innovations Podcast.